Hello and welcome to Netflix, to your weekly guide on what to binge this week. Marty Kinkle, the only person you're gonna scare is yourself! Charlie! What are you oh, doing? Keep the noise down. What are you doing here? Maze, just in time. There's a whole load of police here. I think they're worried you're gonna hurt yourself. Or someone else. <laughs> How many children are you friends with? I'm Helen Daly and this week we've got you a 13 Reasons Why special. The show is coming on to its third season and while it hasn't been without controversies, it has been extremely popular. So I'll be joined by the wonderful Alex Davies, Faye Watson and Charlotte McIntyre who have all the theories, gossip and fascinating insights into this teen series you could possibly need. So with everyone wondering who killed Bryce Walker, let's delve in and find out exactly who the main suspects are. Let's get to it. Okay, so I'm here with the lovely Faye Watson. Hello. Hello. Charlotte McIntyre. Hello. Hi. And Alex Davies. Hello. Hello. And we're here to talk about 13 Reasons Why. Um, So these guys have all the gossip, all the latest theories and all the information that you need. But for those of you who haven't seen it, 13 Reasons Why is a teenage drama from the mind of Jay Asher. So his novel is about the life and death of Hannah Baker. And that came out in 2007 and was adapted for Netflix 10 years later by Brian Yorkey. So the series depicts young Hannah's decision to take her own life and it sees the impact of her death ripple across the school and the people that she decided to hang around with. So Alex, I know that you've read the book by Jay Asher. Can you give us a good grounding before we delve into the season three discussion? What are the main differences? Well, there's a few, but the series doesn't really tend to go away from the book's core topics. I picked up the book as soon as season one aired because I enjoyed season one, enjoyed season one that much. Um, there's a few differences, but no, uh, mainly it's like the technical aspects of it. So the book follows Clay, who listens to all the tapes in one night, whereas the series prolongs it over 13 episodes and like a whole semester at school. Uh, Jeff, the guy who died in the car crash, he was just an unnamed stranger in the book. Oh, interesting. He was just used to give, Kai a power, give Clay a friend in the first series. Uh, what else was there? Oh, so they adapted it for the times when it came to the rumours being spread about Hannah. It was used mainly by social media and texting in the show. It was all word of mouth in the book. Um, Clay and Hannah's relationship wasn't quite as pally-pally as it's made out to be in the series. That Clay was very much into Hannah, but they weren't as close as it made out, only really working together. Um... Hannah's death was very different in the books compared to what it was in the series. But we will delve into that later. And Courtney and Hannah's sort of moment of passion in the books was merely just a like a back massage, just to lure out Tyler, the stalker. Whereas in the, book, in the series, it's made out to be this big love affair. And how about season two? You know, did anything from the novel come into that? Season two sort of very much went off on its own tangent because Jay Asher's only wrote one book the 13 reasons why book and the entire source material was used up basically in that first season so like Hannah's parents for example barely feature in the book and yet her mum is like the main protagonist in the second season so we never really saw like the suit the school was never sued Um, obviously the impact of Hannah's suicide was still lingered large like it would have done in the books but Apart from that, season two is very much its own sort of project. 
So obviously, you know, you have mentioned quite a few little changes. Mm. One that really interested me was Jeff um, dying in the car crash. Yeah. Do you think that the changes that the, the show made made it better? Or do you think the book kind of was onto something? I feel like they both, the changes I feel had to be made to sort of engage with this kind of a, a young audience. Because it came out 10, 10 years after the book, the series. So if you didn't have the changes like bringing in the social media and yeah. rumour spreading and stuff like that, it may not have resonated as well. But I mean, the book as a standalone, I thought was a pretty good, pretty good read. Yeah. As dark as it could be. But, you know, it's a very good read. And um, so now we've caught up with seasons one and two. I know that you kind of have some strong thoughts on seasons three. Yeah, I'm apprehensive to say... I think we all are, really. (laughs) Yeah, the thing thing for me is that season two sort of went off on its own kind of path. You know, it still addressed some hard-hitting issues that are relevant in our society. Like, but season one did that anyway. So 13 Reasons Why became this TV show that was renowned for taking these hot topic issues and issues that you do need to have conversations about and bringing them to the forefront. Season three doesn't look like it's... Season three to me is like going off in a a very much Riverdale-esque high school genre to me. Yeah, and I mean, you know, we've discussed it on Netflix quite a lot. Charlotte and Faye just bringing you guys into this. Many people thought it could have finished after one. Mm. Even more people thought it could have finished after two, and now we're at three. Do you think that Netflix have made the right decision bringing in another season of this? I disagree as well. I think they should have left it, perhaps even at the end of season one. So I didn't watch 13 Reasons Why when it first came out. I'm quite late to sort of the 13 Reasons Why hype, but I was instantly hooked, and I think you are hooked because it's 13 reasons why you want to know which tape, which person, what were the reasons you obviously want to know why Clay is involved because he seems so in love with Hannah. They have such a nice relationship. So getting to that point and finding out what it was that I guess tipped Hannah over the edge. And I think it would have been nice to sort of finish it there as a sort of complete package. If they could have found a way, I think to tie up the parent story would have been nice at the end of season one. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I do agree in some sense, but at the same time, I kind of, it was a bit more of a slow burner for me. I kind of found the first season a little bit hard going. That kind of format of a tape per episode kind of got a bit clunky, I thought, by the midway through. And it is brutal and quite hard to like keep going on it. Um, Whereas I found like season two, definitely towards the end, was kind of getting quite. I mean, very extreme, but also quite like exciting and the t- issues it was tackling. And this trailer, I mean, I know you say it is like yeah, high school, <laughs> but that can be so fun. And this trailer does look really interesting. Like, I'm desperate to know who killed Bryce Walker and I'm desperate and I'm sure I'm going to be there watching every episode, guessing. I love those kind of whodunits. And I think I, it could be quite yeah. good. As a standalone, I think it could have been. Like I say, like yeah. th- for me, because 13 Reasons Why the first season... I mean, I'm not much of a crier, but that and the incinerator scene in Toy Story 3, they're the the only times I've really cried at something on screen. But then, so to take something that had such an impactful message and brought such an important conversation to the table, to take, that's what 13 Reasons Why sort of became synonymous with. And now it's just being turned to me. Yeah. Now it's just being turned into this high school whodunit teen drama. Let's get you on the CW. Mm. 
like that sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I do agree, but I think maybe having that kind of background of all this trauma that we've been through with these characters makes that whodunit so much more interesting because we all know going into this that everybody has this motive for killing Bryce because of all of that we've had before. And I think maybe that kind of adds a different edge to it going into the season. I think as well, you know, just picking up the points... Alex, I kind of agree with you, Fair. I also kind yeah. of agree with you. Like, I am deeply interested in this season because the trailer is so darn good. Mm. <laughs> it's a very, very good trailer. However, it's not 13 Reasons Why. No, like I said, as a, sta- yeah. as a standalone trailer, it, it looks like it could be a good high school whodunit drama. I just think it takes, it takes away from all of the work that the first yeah. seasons did. That's a fair point. And yeah, and it's it's kind of losing the the impact that the suicide had and mm. the exploration of after a suicide, which was kind of revolutionary. You don't mm. really get to see that too often. So I think yeah, season one very good. Season two, I see why they did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> season three is not thirteen reasons why. And whether you think that the first two seasons, the way they covered the issues, were responsible or not, it still started a conversation with a lot of young people that conversation may not have been started and now you're just turning it into this Mm. typical teen drama yeah that is true that's true that's just how i feel (laughs) (laughs) so obviously the the main thing from the trailer was that um it's going to be about the murder of bryce walker um 13 reasons why is even set up a playable kind of mobile game where you can go through the motions and see who you think killed him him but more of that later so Bryce, for those of you who don't remember, he is the guy who raped Jessica and got away with it. So very problematic. Um, we, we all know, all we know is that he went missing and he was shot after the Liberty High homecoming football game. So he's dead. <laughs> Faye, <laughs> you have all the theories. Who done it? Well, as if you've seen the trailer, you'll know that basically everyone is a suspect. Um, there's a whole lot of suspicious glances going on in that trailer and it really looks like it's going to be one of those classic whodunit where everybody could be responsible because fans of this show know that every single person has a motive for killing Bryce. Um, the kind of main theme of the trailer seems to be suggesting that Clay can be the main suspect so far. And at the end of the trailer, we see him taken away by the police and it really seems like he does know that something is going on. Um And I guess he has a motive in sense that in season two, you'll remember he pulled the gun on Bryce, even though he didn't go through with it. And it was a much more complicated scene. It it does seem that he really is affected by what happened to Hannah and how Bryce raped her horrifically in that first season. Um, But I think as fans of these kind of whodunit stories know, it's never the person who the police suspect first. So I think we can probably rule Clay out on the basis of that. But he does definitely know something. I mean, he is looking super dodgy. I mean, guys, do you think do you think they would do that? Ruin Claire completely? Because I quite like him as a character. I think he's quite nice. Yeah, no, I don't think it's gonna be him. It's it's always it's never the most um the person you think it's gonna be, it will never be him. Like Clay is too obvious. I think he'll probably be arrested at some point and all clues will point to him and there may be an element of him trying to clear his name, but I just think it'll be someone you least expect even his mom doubts him at one point yeah (laughs) i could see see the series ending with like clay in an orange jumpsuit being led to a cell and then a cutaway showing us who the real killer is 
Ooh, that would be good. Spoilers. <laughs> uh, yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Clay is looking really questionable. Who mm. else could it be for? Well, there are a couple of other names involved. I think with the trailer, you can see that everybody is alluded to. But Jessica Davis stands out. I mean, as we've mentioned before, she's a person who probably Bryce hurt the most. And many will remember that really horrific scene again in season one where Bryce raped an unconscious Jessica which of course has had really long-term repercussions for her character. Another suspect maybe is Tyler. You know, he was also the subject of a really horrific storyline in season two where he was sexually assaulted and then also seemed to be planning a school shooting, which Clay foiled right at the end. Um, and as is mentioned in the trailer, Bryce was shot and we know that Tyler has a gun. See, these two are the probably the most problematic ones for me. They're the mm. ones that have actually been sexually assaulted and then are going to maybe be like yeah. guilty yeah definitely i um think what well, the main problem i had with the series three trailer was i hate when they do this in shows where there's someone who someone like bryce where everyone is has a motive for killing him but when they do kill him it feels like justice has been evaded in some way mm. and it just felt like for me i wanted series three to be a way i mean we don't i don't know we might see him suffering and he might have his comeuppance in a way obviously other than his death but I just think when they kill off a character who's had such an impact on so many people's lives I find that really problematic well we do know that Justin Prentice is going to who plays Bryce he is going to be in season three and they're no strangers to a flashback so I imagine we will see exactly what happens to Bryce prior to his death yeah because it's kind of like you want Jessica to get justice but then you don't want her to be found guilty of murder yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> like exactly. horrendous so I, I doubt they'd stray down that no, route surely um so they're probably like the main three suspects because yeah. they have the most to go with what about evil Monty oh Monty horrible Monty um some fans will be talking about that Monty could be the potential killer after his brutal assault on Tyler last season really just seemed to show that he was capable of doing anything um, and interestingly, the actor who played him, Timothy Granderos, um, revealed an interview with the Radio Times that he will be the kind of primary antagonist this season after Bryce is gone. So that could make him more of a suspect. We'll have to wait and see. Oh, interesting. Could be a good shout. And mm. um, don't we have a new character this year? Yes, we do. We have um, the character of Annie, who was introduced only in the trailer. So we don't know a great deal about her. We know she's British. We know she is somehow involved in what happened and she seems to maybe be our new narrator as well. Um, but that's pretty much it. We do see her scrubbing blood off a t-shirt in the first trailer. So she could be playing a big role in what happened to Bryce or at least definitely know something. The ominous blood scrubbing yeah. off a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and we know that one character definitely will not be returning. Yeah, sadly. Fans will be devastated to know that Hannah will definitely not be coming back. Obviously, season one and two were Hannah's seasons. They focused on her suicide and the flashbacks and the tapes with that, as well as her mum and her parents fighting for justice um, against the school district. But as we'll remember, that ended with no success and there was a kind of sad goodbye to Hannah at the end of last series. And now the actor who plays her, Catherine Langford, has confirmed on Instagram that she won't be returning. And even though she said she loved playing her, it is time to say goodbye. 
very it's sad. Really sad. Very sad. Yeah. <laughs> her mum won't be back either. Her mum left no, in the last yeah, episode she's gone. as well, which is a shame. It's twice you've mentioned her mum. <laughs> I know. I've got a soft spot for Kate Walsh. <laughs> so, yeah. Like I say, 13 Reasons Why for me was very much Hannah orientated in yeah. the story that she brought with it. So, of course, it will be sad to see that character gone. Mm. It's like, obviously, the the, tit- the extended title is 13 Reasons Why Hannah Killed Herself. Mm. <laughs> really, yeah. it's like, mm. we can't have 13 Reasons Why without Hannah, mm. or can we? <laughs> yeah, well, well apparently we're trying to. <laughs> we are trying to. Yeah. Charlotte, will you miss Hannah? Yeah, I, I definitely will. And I think, like you said, it. I think... Hannah herself brought so many important storylines off shooting from her suicide as well and so many themes and, and sensitive issues that you don't really see portrayed in a lot of teen dramas and I think without her I just I struggle to see how they're going to fill that void and with the mum as well I was I was a big fan of her mum and the role that she played and you're sort of really rooting for her because you can't root for Hannah unfortunately because we know how her story ends so I like that we had um, her mum play such a big role so it'll be interesting to see how they'll fill that void in the third season absolutely and fair i know you've been delving into the world of reddit i have found? <laughs> so much there is so much I'm out there surprised. yeah this is clearly such a popular show and fans are desperate to also know who could be responsible um there's lots of speculation some fans have been pointing to monty as we've said because of his propensity to violence and he could have snapped And there's also been a lot of speculation on Clay's involvement after the trailer seemed to hint that he was definitely going to be a big suspect. Um, I've found some kind of wackier theories that could also impact. We like the wacky. Yeah, we do. (laughs) And Reddit is very good for that. Um, One fan pointed out that Clay could be a suspect because of the end of last season where he was left holding the gun that he took from Tyler. Um, And as we know, this is a series that involves lots of social media people taking photos perhaps someone saw that perhaps that could be suspicious when it comes around to this also in the trailer we seem to see someone kicking over what is Bryce's body um all we see are shoes but some fans have been pointing out that these could be Clay's shoes like analyzing what he's worn in the past but then again it is important to recognize that he could just be finding the body which again might make him a suspect (laughs) and finally picking up on that scene fans have also noticed that the building seems to look a bit like that abandoned building that Monty was hiding in for a while last season do you remember the one he calls the hobo hotel Mm. that he goes to when his dad has becomes too much and he was pretty secretive about that when people came to it people finding out about it so it could be quite suspicious there's a lot to unpack about this. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think for the the wacky the wackier theories? I Love think uh, I think the wackier the better probably. Mm. Uh, just it with, is because why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's going in such a completely different direction. I think I hope it and I don't think it will be clay but I just think that would just be too predictable and I think we need someone perhaps that we've not even seen yet or the new character that I mean, they love their flashbacks. I think Bryce will have done something to another character in the past that we don't even know yet and that like flashbacks will show what's happened and and why that person may have snapped so i think it'll be someone completely new to fans someone new i like the idea of mr porter the old teacher doing it okay personally just because he sort of started to redeem himself in season two with his um in court when he Mm -hmm. testified against the school 
And, you know, this would be like a full redemption almost if he Going just to took prison. out. Took out <laughs> yeah, why not? I also saw something that said it could be like a huge group sort of project and Clay is the only one who doesn't know. Oh, interesting. I so like they, that So they all played some part in killing Bryce and mm. Clay doesn't know, but Clay could be the one found guilty. Interesting. Like he's the last one. Mm find out just like with the tapes exactly yes. they've all recorded oh my a God. little oh, bit cracked it. <laughs> we've gone full circle <laughs> maybe it does make sense <laughs> we've cracked their emails and uh, obviously we did mention it before there is an interactive feature it's um who killed bryce.com <laughs> yeah um, so Original. We've, all, we've all had a go at it you get to go through a little conversation with a sheriff and he'll be like do you know something? Yeah. <laughs> and he's really tired and really bored. That's <laughs> what I found. Um, who did everyone say that they thought it was? I went for Annie. I went for the new British girl. Just because I'd spent about six minutes sitting through this interrogation, <laughs> I just clicked the first person alphabetically. Well, you're never supposed to trust the Brit in an American show, oh, right? There you go. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They're always the villain. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I found the game itself just odd like I thought it'd be one of those things where you put in your answers and then you get given someone based on the answers based on your and personality <laughs> and your star <laughs> sign yeah. and then the sheriff sort of wanders off halfway through yeah. and in my one the mum turns up yeah and then I gives me like <laughs> like stares into my soul and tells me you know you have to tell me who killed your son and I think well no you tell me I don't know yeah <laughs> um but I went a bit random and went for Courtney I thought it might be someone, you know, goody two shoes. <laughs> I went for Jessica, maybe just because I want her to get some kind of justice. I mean, but I don't want her to be found out. That's yes, the important as part. As long as she gets, away, long with as she gets away with it. Anyone else can be nailed for the crime, but she needs to have to. a word with Viola Davis. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I actually went for Alex just because I thought like the quieter one that no one else would pick. Well, his dad is the Deputy Standall, the um the sheriff yeah you are interviewed by and he he seemed to be like oh yeah it probably could be yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. such a trusting father yeah he's like yeah alex is like a bit of an idiot it probably could be <laughs> <laughs> okay well, fine but at least alex has got a mention on this podcast that's quite nice for him we can't really talk about 13 Reasons Why without talking about the controversies surrounding it. As we mentioned before, um, earlier this year, bosses decided to remove Hannah's suicide from scene, season one after a huge backlash from across the globe. The move has without a doubt been welcomed, especially with everyone on this podcast, but some have wondered whether the show has not gone far enough. So Charlotte, you spoke to Lorna Fraser, who's the media advisory service executive lead at Samaritans, about the portrayals of suicide on TV in general. And here's what she had to say. So hi, Luana. So the first thing I'd like to ask you is what advice Samaritans would give to TV producers looking to tackle suicide? So the first piece of advice that we would give is to work with experts who can advise on the portrayal of suicide, um, such as Samaritans, and follow media guidelines. Um, the, the, the thing is with covering the topic of suicide that it, it's an extremely sensitive topic obviously and one that comes with a number of risk areas um, and it can be particularly challenging to cover this in, in drama um, for obvious reasons um, and at Samaritans we have a team of experts on hand who can work with programme makers 
journalists um, giving advice on the topic, so helping helping programme makers to cover the topic safely, um, highlighting particular risk areas and advising on how to avoid these and so on. And how would Samaritans advise TV producers who would like to portray a suicide scene? So think about your audience and the potential impact um, and it's really important to plan, make plans for viewer support. Um, stick with the reality of suicide um, such as the devastating impact on loved ones left behind um, and you know there sometimes can be a tricky balance there around avoiding making that issue t- to romanticised, if you like, you don't want to romanticise suicidal behaviour with particularly dra- dramatised outpourings of grief, for example. Um, remember that suicide is a very complex issue. Um, so, for example, it's rarely if ever as a result of a single cause. Um, so as much as possible, avo- avoid suggesting this as a typical response to everyday problems that we encounter in life. And um, could you give me some probably some do's and don'ts for um, tackling suicide, just that you would tell producers who are thinking about the topic and probably the aftermath of suicide? So beyond what I've already covered, um, try to convey that suicide is a very extreme but preventable act. Um, It's a very permanent response to what are often temporary problems and perhaps with help can usually be resolved. Um, Remind viewers of the importance of talking if you're struggling to cope and also if you're worried about somebody that you know thinking that they may be going through a difficult time. Start a conversation with them. Um, Ask them if you're okay. You know, getting these things across as much as possible in the media is really important. Um, Highlighting the fact that there's always somebody who will listen and can help you. Um, Samaritans is available 24-7. People can get in touch with us by calling our helpline for free on 116123 or email us if they prefer to to put their things down that way. Um, Emailing joe at samaritans.org and that's J-O for Joe. And uh, do Samaritans think that suicide storylines can be a positive or a negative thing? Yeah, that's an interesting point. So there is a small body of research. It's known as the Papageno effect, which shows that some coverage of suicide can be helpful. Um, And what we're talking about here is the recovery stories, um, showing people that you you can come through a suicidal crisis and, you know, there is help at the end of the tunnel, you can come through this. Um, Very often what people see and hear in the media about suicide is, unfortunately, in relation to a death by suicide, but actually far more people survive this. In fact, the World Health Organization estimates that for every death by suicide across the world, there are approximately 20 people who survive a suicide attempt. 
And as a final point, I know that you've said where people can get in touch if they need help, but is there any other advice that you would give to those, especially young teens who are watching shows and these scenes are being portrayed, if they would like advice? So we, we would always encourage people to, to reach out for help, to talk about how they're feeling if they feel affected by something that they've been watching. Um, and, and for teens particularly, as we go through life and encounter problems, um, and, and some of which could have been raised in 13 Reasons Why, um, but as we encounter these problems and overcome them, we develop emotional resilience, but when we're young, I think problems that we encounter can mount up and can reach a point of feeling overwhelming. So it's really important to highlight the fact that things do change and move on. Um, and we have done some work with Netflix around viewers before. So as I said, viewers can call Samaritans for free 24-7. Um, but also talking to somebody um, that they know talking through how you feel and the problems that you're facing in life can really help to see different perspectives on your situation and work out ways through these. Um, there are also lots of other options um, of, of support available. You know, talk to somebody that you know and trust, um, your GP, a teacher, family or a friend, uh, and so on. Um, and there are also lots of other things that people can do to help manage their feelings. So walking, physical exercise, reading, writing, art activities, all sorts of things that, that people can find ways of helping to manage their mental health. Okay, so Charlotte, I was wondering what were your kind of main takeaways from your chat with Lorna? So after talking to Lorna, I think... 13 Reasons Why really tackled suicide well, especially in the first series, um, mainly by showing the reality of it. I think with the suicide scene itself and even sort of the impact of those left behind, especially Hannah's parents, especially her mum, and you see the grief and sort of her need to find answers. And I think that was very raw and very real. And I think it made sure to not sort of glamorise suicide or make it seem like an option that doesn't really have any circ- um, anything left behind. I think it really showed um, that those who are close to Hannah really suffered because of, of the suicide. And then also something that Lorna said that I think 13 Reasons Why really picks up on is that suicide is something that doesn't just have one cause, that it's usually a number of traumatic events that lead up to someone's decision to take their own life. And obviously the the title says it, 13 Reasons Why. I think the show did a really good job of looking into Hannah's life of all the different events since she arrived at the school, everyone in her life that sort of impacted her negatively in a way. And I think that's really important. But I think we can't look at, into the suicide scene without looking at the other scenes. You know, it's not just one traumatic scene in 13 reasons why in both the series there's quite a lot you have jessica's rape scene you have hannah's rape scene and then you have tyler's rape scene as well which is especially brutal and is very unexpected of course with hannah's suicide scene it was very graphic but you did expect it because you know that's how her story ends whereas with tyler's scene it just comes completely out of nowhere 
And it's something that you rarely see in dramas. I've personally never seen a scene like that in anything I've watched. And it just comes out of nowhere. And it's so unexpected and so graphic that you, I kind of shot, I kind of paused and gasped when I saw it. It just completely took me by surprise. And my problem with graphic scenes in this way, a lot of people have said like online that it's good. They need to be shown because shocking the audience is a good thing in this sense because these things do happen and so it's good to address them however what I notice is the show itself is rated 18 however the show is covering 17 year olds and young teens in high school so it's about looking at these very sensitive topics that are happening for young teens in high schools but yet the show itself is rated 18 so these scenes are too graphic for the, those that are affected by it the most or those that could be experience it or or need sort of help and support so that's why I think they should have these scenes but have them in a way that aren't as graphic so that the people who are being affected by them under 18 year olds can watch it. Alex I know you were particularly a fan of season one and mm. just bringing you in on this point it did handle it incredibly well um, Hannah's suicide mm. like, Yes, there have been discussions about whether it was okay to show the method exactly, which I personally don't think they should have. And I'm glad, I, you know, I welcome the move completely. Do you think now that it's moving on, it's lost the kind of that more touching aspect of the drama? Um, in a way, I think if you're going to show a scene like that, you sort of almost need to stick by your guns. Like, obviously, like we say, it's, it is isn't horrific. It is a awful scene to watch um and like i i remember watching hannah's scene in particular I, I remember watching and literally having like turning away yeah but then like i say that was the, that was always the point of this show two years on to remove it i mean i can completely understand why they've removed it because some people looked at the series and argued that it glamorized what happened me personally, I don't think it did, but I can see the argument for it. Um, similarly with the Tyler scene, I don't know if we're going to get two years down the line and Netflix decides to cut the Tyler scene. Um, I think if you're going to do, if you if you're going to go out there and you're going to make a scene that is so horrific, the argument against it being an eighteen is that that's sort of the social responsibility almost ends there for them. Like obviously they with 13 reasons why they have numbers, they have great support networks on their site. Um, so it's very, it's a tricky one to argue for or against, I think, because obviously younger people are going to watch it. But at the same time, if it is rated as an 18 and these are the scenes that are going to get the conversation going, it'd be a shame not to get, not to show them to get that conversation flowing. Yeah, see what I mean. you know, I remember watching the documentary that aired after season one. Yeah, Beyond the Reasons. Or yeah, something. that was yeah. it. And the director, you know, he addressing the the scene in particular where Hannah takes her own life. He said, you know, this it's not a, a pretty thing. Mm. Suicide is not a nice thing. We wanted to show Hannah's pain and show that it's not an easy way out, kind of thing. Which I guess is kind of in line with the Samaritans' response to it. Um, However, yeah, no, I wasn't comfortable with it. And no. I definitely wasn't comfortable with the Tyler Broom scene. Probably, mm. as you say, because it came so unexpectedly, I was less comfortable mm. with Tyler's Broom scene. And I think they probably should remove it just because it didn't come with much warning. I think they will. Yeah. And I think that's the problem. You know, if they prepared people for it, then yeah. 
we yeah. knew it was coming. Because you can have content warnings at the beginning of every episode. You can have things at the end. You can have links that they share. But at the same time, you, you don't. You, when you get that every episode, you don't necessarily think too much about it. Yeah. I think maybe almost they needed to have a kind of content warning that came up before that scene to kind of prepare people because it will trigger some stuff for people and it's really important to make sure that you're looking after your audience as well it's hard as well when you need to have the content warning because the content is also traumatizing anyway it's about suicide that's the whole point of it Mm. so then you'd have to put like more content warnings on it and it just becomes more content warning and less content. Well, that's, that's yeah. the, like I say, that's the tricky thing. Where does the social responsibility stop? Mm. If 13 Reasons Why is rated as an 18, like what more can... They've warned you, They you know what's going to be in this show. Yeah. But then I, I 100% see the argument that they sometimes maybe not need to go as far as they do to make their point. Yeah. I think though, even though it's got an 18, I don't think Netflix can say, well, we've rated it 18, so therefore we've told our viewers you should be 18 to watch it parents should ensure that their kids under 18 shouldn't be watching it or should watch with them etc but at the end of the day if you're going to do a show that's based in a high school about teens who are having these issues that young teenagers are having and clay in the first series he says himself that he's 17 and so therefore 17 year olds could directly relate to him but then you're saying that the show shouldn't be watched by them and it, I just I don't think you can put your Netflix should put their head in the sand and say well we've said it's for 18 we've done everything we've ca- we can we've put up content warnings etc but if the show is about younger people then obviously those who are younger are going to watch it and, and could be affected yeah definitely I think that's exactly the point I would make as well it you are making this teen drama and as we're talking it is kind of veering into even more of a kind of teen drama, Riverdale-esque. And if you're going to be doing that, the people who your audience are are going to be teens. There's no ways around that. So they need to kind of work out whether they're going to go full one way or the other way and just make a decision and not retrospectively be taking stuff out, but be retro- be like forward planning about it. I think as well, like, you know, picking up on the point of it becoming more of a teen drama mm. from a parent's point of view, perhaps, you know, we we know that 13 Reasons Why is ending after season four. Perhaps, you know, parents could say to their kids, well, you can watch seasons three and four because it's nothing to do with suicide. It's a little bit mm. lighter. <laughs> I use air quotes there. <laughs> but, um, you know, maybe that's why they're kind of doing it as well. It's like a standalone that they can just meet the characters without... Yeah. If they're not ready for the backstory, yeah. maybe they can discover the backstory at a later date. Maybe that was a reason that they did that. It's it's very it's, it's a tricky one. This show in particular is one that really, really does teeter on the line of, you know, at what point, where does the responsibility lie? And it's, um, Netflix probably could do more because like I, we've all got younger siblings or no younger family members who can just put whatever they want on Netflix um, this in particular would be a daunting watch for somebody who, like you say, is a younger school student. Um, it's just it's very hard to, because like I say, the the argument is is that what else? What more can they do apart from give you the warnings? And it is drama. At the end is, of the day, yeah, a it's a it's a good story. Unfortunately, I think they should still tackle suicide, tackle all the sensitive issues. I think that's really important because that's what starts the conversation. But I just think it's not a good idea to put in really extreme scenes and then two years later remove them if you think they're going to be problematic. Or I think there are ways of doing a suicide scene that is a little bit 
tamer in a way but still has the full impact but perhaps could be less problematic for someone who's younger who may be in a situation where this could really help them and could and could really do good and and help them find support i agree and I mean, at the end of the day, look how long we've been chatting about it for. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the conversation has no doubt been raised. And I do think, you know, 13 Reasons Why, especially season one, has probably done some good. While I didn't want to watch some of the scenes in it, you know, it has started a conversation. They've set up groups and, you know, having these big names, having Selena Gomez initially back in it, it has kind of raised the, the issue. And I think that can only be a good thing going forward. For sure. Yeah. Definitely. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I wouldn't mind something a little different. <laughs> and um, in some exciting news, the Obamas are coming to Netflix, but probably not as you thought. So American Factory, which is their new show, centers around a GM plant in Dayton, Ohio. Thousands of people were left out of work when the last truck rolled off the assembly line in 2008. And fast forward to 2014, a Chinese company reopened the factory to make automotive, automotive glass. The documentary centres around the trials and tribulations of the factory and the American dream in general, and it's produced by Higher Ground, Barack and Michelle's production company. Are we going to watch it? Definitely. Mm. Um, oh, it's not really grabbing me, I must admit. Oh. <laughs> the, tra- the, tra- the trailer seems quite good. The trailer seems like it could be quite interesting because it's, where, where was it, in Dayton? Yeah, and then yeah. you've got this big Chinese, co- like massive company just sort of goes into this little town. And then the workers are trying to adopt to this new hierarchy. It seems yeah. an odd one. I mean, it's the Obamas. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to be quite fascinating. Like looking at the trailer, it seems to have that right balance that you need in documentaries of kind of human stories alongside this kind of bigger issue of globalization and what it means and clashing cultures. I think it looks really good. And I know that Netflix has done some really great kind of standalone original dra- documentary series. And also just documentaries. So I don't know if you any, any of you saw Knock Down the House. That was really fantastic. And if it's along the same kind of lines of that, I could see it being really good. Is this just a standalone doc then? Yeah, this is, is just a documentary film, right? Yeah, I believe so. And um, I, I, when I, f- I heard that the Barack and Michelle were going to be doing a documentary, I didn't really know it was going to be about this. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was quite surprised yeah. when I saw it. I was like, oh, okay. But then when you watch it, you're like, oh, it's kind of like political. It's got... Mm. messages behind it quite clearly maybe a little bit of attacking yeah. <laughs> the current yeah. regime we pro- don't know are they just producing it or are they starring in it um i believe they just produce it um it's their production company right mm. but um yeah why do we think that the obamas have come to netflix <laughs> boredom that's <laughs> <laughs> where everyone goes retirement i mean they're hugely popular figures aren't they why not why not crack the TV and film industry as well. I also think that Netflix, kind of what it does so well is it offers platforms for stories like this that maybe wouldn't be made into feature-length films and released in cinemas. So what it kind of offers is the opportunity to tell a story that they might be really passionate about with in like a a way that will reach a lot of people. So I think maybe that's why they decided. Yeah, it's like Netflix plus the Obamas yeah. equals story that might not have been told. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, Charlotte, you're not keen on it still <laughs> um i will most likely give it a watch as with everything on netflix but i just wasn't immediately um grabbed by it but i think that anything with these two everyone wants to hear what they've got to say um, me included 
compared to like other presidents and like pre- very well done yeah. <laughs> subtle, subtle. Um, yes so, so that's it people just want to hear what they want to say and, and they always have so I think it'll definitely be something people will watch and I th- I have no doubt that it'll be a good documentary and I assume they'll they'll keep on coming from their production company and I mean Netflix is kind of having a bit of a golden age of documentaries at the minute you know we talked oh, about the sure. family last week which mm. was great had its problems but (laughs) you know it is doing really well and you've mentioned another documentary yeah what are your kind of top picks at the minute for documentary watching on Netflix oh well I would kind of go all out on knock down the house it's a really really fascinating story about Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez and how she got her role in the senate Um, and it kind of follows her story along with some other women who were trying to do it and were not as successful and it's just so touching and so well done and actually gives you so much hope in American politics at a time when it can be difficult to have that. And Quite I would interesting to team that with the family. Yeah, yeah. No, I I just I really would recommend it. Please watch it. No, <laughs> thank you, <Faye>. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I've actually watched the documentary too. And I just think it's one of those things that's quite empowering and you feel I mean it's got these quite sad poignant moments in it too but it's one of those documentaries where you stop watching it and you feel like you can do anything and you just feel like if they can do it I can and you just it's it's got a real feel-good vibe to it that a lot of documentaries now have as well where it's like teamed with obviously you're learning something that you didn't know about and there are quite sad moments in it but again you feel you're left feeling quite happy Uh, I'm a big (laughs) fan of Netflix Netflix have been doing um a lot of sports documentaries recently. They did. There's one, there's a new basketball one that's just come out. I'm a big fan of Last Chance You, which is... I remember is, seeing that pop up, actually. Last Chance You is really good. So they basically just go to these, like, colleges in the States who have really, really talented American footballers. But just on the academic side, they're just not interested. But you need to be to progress further up in the ranks. And it goes to, like, a different... They did... A Mississippi college in the first two seasons, and then they went to a place called Independence in three and four. And it's just really interesting the people that you meet in these um, in these colleges. So I like those ones. And also, and if you like s- football, Sunderland Till I Die is also very good. And if you don't like Sunderland, it's even better. <laughs> I was going to say I'm like diehard Geordie. So <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing to me? <laughs> At least, yeah. What's that one? <laughs> well, we'll end here then. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you so much, Alex. That's right. Thank thanks, you. Charlotte. And thanks, Faye, for thank your you. insights thank this you. week. So that's all for this week. Thank you so much for joining us for our chat about 13 Reasons Why. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe, comment and tell your friends about us. And join in with the debate on Twitter at NetflixPod, where we'll be teasing details of our next episode. So next week, we're going to be chatting all things film and we'll have Stefan and George back to discuss all the latest releases hitting Netflix. It's going to be a good one, so make sure you tune in. See you there.